0: This is Simply Healthy, a podcast by Southern New Hampshire Health.
1: As a parent, you want to see your child grow and learn and thrive and children with developmental disabilities or injuries need specialized care to help them achieve their goals. And here to talk about occupational therapy and the services provided at Pediatric Rehab is Brianna McGovern, an occupational therapist at Pediatric Occupational Therapy at Southern New Hampshire Health. Brianna, welcome to the podcast
0: hi thank you for having me
1: you bet so Brianna tell us about the services offered at the pediatric rehab office at Southern New Hampshire Health
0: sure so um, we are an outpatient rehab office so We offer physical therapy, speech and language therapy, and occupational therapy. So, I can certainly speak the most to um, occupational therapy and kind of what we offer. So, um, we offer individualized occupational therapy treatment, um, typically focusing on sensory processing needs, but certainly a wider variety. Um, And then we also have a couple specialized programs. So, we do um, aquatic therapy once a week. And then one of our OTs is also involved in our feeding team evaluation. so that includes an OT, an SLP, and a nutritionist. So we really kind of have a good variety here and our staff, we're we're pretty lucky. We have kind of a wide variety of expertise, so you know, some of us have advanced sensory integration training, we have others with advanced reflex integration training, one of our OTs comes from a long history in the school, so we really do kind of have a pretty well-rounded group, which we're pretty fortunate to have. That
1: sounds good. And what ages do you normally see?
0: Um, So I would say probably our biggest age range is kind of like that three to seven to eight year old, but um, we certainly have seen birth to three ages and we'll see kind of kids into their late teens, potentially even early, early 20s, depending on the functional need. We kind of go through it with the patient and determine is this the best fit versus an adult-based clinic in terms of what we offer services we have and and things like that.
1: And who typically gets referred for occupational therapy?
0: Uh, You know, it can be a pretty wide range. I'd say our, our biggest population is um, kids on the autism spectrum, we have quite a few that we see with Down syndrome, um, kind of general developmental delays, ADD, ADHD, um, but we also see, see quite a few without any formal diagnosis, but just functionally, they're, they're somewhat struggling somehow.
1: So what is the role then of a pediatric occupational therapist?
0: So, yeah, so I I find that a lot of times if people haven't had um, experience with OT, it can be kind of a a vague, kind of unknown. So for us, for pediatrics, you know, a general sense, I suppose, um, focus on, we focus on, you know, developing, restoring, adapting, functional independence in some way. Um, So for kids, their kind of daily occupations tend to be self-care skills, so that could be, you know getting dressed, following a multi-step sequence, um, feeding and eating, Um, another huge area of occupation for kids is play, so developing age-appropriate play skills, um, shifting attention, turn-taking, managing frustration throughout their day um, tend to be a big area and then kind of the motor foundations behind all of that independence so bilateral coordination and motor planning fine motor skills to manipulate small objects utensils things like that within their day is kind of our scope so it's very broad and is certainly individualized depending on the need of the patient
1: you were talking about motor skills is that what sensory processing is what does sensory processing mean because we hear that term
0: yeah sure. So that is definitely um kind of an overarching big area we tend to focus on and kind of assess in treatment um in a general sense, it's kind of just our body's way of of taking in the sensory stimuli to create an output so in in layman's terms, essentially you know um you know, we recognize the sensory stimuli, so say, you know, it's winter time and we hear uh, a loud crash coming from the other room or something, Um, our bodies interpret that and decide, you know, that seems to be a problem, I need to get up and and address that, or I've heard that before, that snow falling off the roof, I can kind of um, negate that and move on with my day. I know that's unimportant. Um, So, for these kids that we're seeing, um, oftentimes this sensory processing, this kind of balance of sensory intake and outtake isn't quite um, processing as efficiently. So they might be under responding to certain stimuli or over responding to certain stimuli. Um, so they could be you know, over responding to tactile input which is kind of our sense of touch. So that can manifest as sensitivities to clothing types or um, food textures um, if they're under responding to what we call proprioception, which is kind of our, um, input to our muscles and joints, they may appear to be clumsy or, um, not have a strong sense of where they are in space. So often bumping into things often. So we kind of work to get those sensory systems working together more efficiently so they can kind of be more, more functional throughout their day.
1: So what is the process then for being seen for occupational therapy?
0: Sure. So, I mean, typically we we require a doctor's order um, before an evaluation um, occurs, but we certainly have parents that call on their own and say, hey, you know, this is a concern. My child is struggling. Can I get them in for an eval? And we can certainly always reach out to the doctor and say, um, you know, these are the concerns. Is it appropriate to get an order? Otherwise, sometimes the doctors directly will refer. Um, We've had teachers refer before. Um, So, really, either the parent or the doctor can call and just say, you know, I'm concerned for, you know, regarding X, Y, and Z. I'd like to get an initial evaluation started.
1: And how often, then, are children usually seen for therapy?
0: Um, So, I mean, recommendations are, are generally determined at the time of the evaluation in terms of frequency and duration. I would say, typically, you know, treatment sessions are an hour in length. Um, our most common frequency is usually once a week, but sometimes once every other week if it's kind of a more subtle or, or mild case. So it's kind of just determined by the therapist at the time of the eval and kind of discussed with the family at that point.
1: And do you ever have the same child come back for therapy at another time once they've been discharged?
0: We do, yeah. So, you know, our treatment model in general is really focused on this notion of episodic care. So meaning, you know, you don't just come in for OT and are kind of seen for life. So it's, you know, what are the presenting concerns? That's what we're going to focus on for our current treatment plan. Um, and when they're, when they're met, you know, they're discharged. But given the fact that we work in pediatrics and kids are growing and changing so quickly, um, expectations and um, functional demands certainly change too. So while they may be discharged at one point because they were doing well, you know, give it a year or two and now expectations have increased and they're kind of struggling again, we certainly see kids again. And we kind of reiterate that with families as well, that just because they're discharged, wonderful, they're doing great. That doesn't mean that they won't need OT again and that's okay too.
1: So Brianna, let me ask you this for children that are receiving occupational therapy services through the public school, are they still able to be seen by you as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a question that we do get a lot because um, I think there can be some confusion there. Um, but school-based and outpatient OT is, is definitely different. Um, the focus on school is, is just that, you know, OT within the school system focuses on um, children's success within the educational system versus outpatient where we can really focus more on success um, at home, within the community, um, so our focus can be a little bit broader in outpatient, so therefore it's not typically considered a dual service because we're we're working on things outside of the school-based setting.
1: And what about occupational therapy through early intervention? Is there a difference then in treatment or services?
0: Yeah, and I actually, I came from early intervention um, before coming here, so I've kind of had experience in both, um, so EI some don't know, is um, a state run funded program for specifically the birth to three population. Um, so EI is um, performed in-home, so the, the therapists or the developmental specialists come to their home, um, and again, it's state-funded, so it's a little bit different. Um, in that case, if we hear an outpatient are seeing that birth to three age as well, typically families would have to decide which one they want to go to, EI versus outpatient, because in that case, um, the focus of treatment tends to overlap, which then would be considered a dual service. Um, so, we kind of leave it up to the families in that point, but yeah, typically our focus is same, it's just our treatment model itself that's different. We obviously have families come to us in office, um, it's not state funded of course, so it's, it's billed through insurance somewhat differently, so those are kind of the biggest differences, I suppose, and then it's certainly up to family preference and what's going to be easiest for them. So,
1: Brianna, what else should we know about the OT at the Pediatric Rehab Center that we haven't already discussed?
0: Um, I mean, we kind of went through the basics in in terms of what we offer, what we do, but Kind of in a more general sense, our our thought is always, you know, if you're ever on the fence, whether you're a provider or a family, um, you know, if you're ever on the fence as to whether or not an OT referral might even be appropriate, we're so much more, you know, apt to just say, just give us a call. You know, our, our front desk is wonderful, they can always, you know, put us back um, and we can speak to the family or provider directly and kind of problem solve together. Because we've kind of had a, a mixed bag in terms of, you know, if that situation happens, yeah, I think that's appropriate, come on in for an eval. And sometimes it hasn't been, but at the same time we've been able to then problem solve and decide what might be a better fit, whether that's um, site counseling or um, sometimes we've kind of decided that they may be more appropriate for an adult-based clinic. So we're happy to problem solve. We're here. We we're, like to you know, think we're pretty accessible in terms of being able to speak directly to families if there's ever any questions. So that would be kind of my biggest takeaway. So
1: it sounds like the overall message is you're there to help. If you have questions, reach out and you'll be there for someone.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Brianna,
1: thank you so much for your time today. For more information on occupational therapy, please visit SNHHealth.org. Once again, SNHHealth.org. And be sure to subscribe to Simply Healthy in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and check back soon for our next episode. This is Simply Healthy, a podcast by Southern New Hampshire Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.